Welcome to a Southern Farming Systems podcast. I'm Michelle McClure, hosting John Midwood from Tech Crop Services at the SFS 2022 results morning. John will be discussing nitrogen strategy considerations for 2022. Over to you, John. My talk today has come about really because I've had probably more phone calls, more discussion, more uh, emails from uh, friends and colleagues over in, in the UK uh, about this one subject than almost uh, anything else. And to be honest, there are no clear answers. So what I'm going to do today uh, in my talk is just to go through some of the things that I think you should consider um, from a nitrogen strategy point of view um, going forward for the season ahead. So the first point I'd like to make um, is that um, I'm sure it's actually no surprise to anybody that um, uh, there's a significant um, increase in the energy prices around the world um, and and there are obviously world events that are uh, impacting this as well and that's caused the prices of inputs generally across the board to uh, increase significantly and one of the inputs that has been massively impacted has been the unprecedented rise in the price of fertiliser particularly uh, nitrogen. So we actually can't hide away from the fact that we need to consider the possibility of a new economic optimum for uh, your nitrogen when you're calculating your needs for 2022. And that optimum is that point which the value of the extra grain produced uh, is worth the cost of that extra nitrogen that's applied. And the way that I'm suggesting to everybody that you need to manage this is that you need to measure. So you cannot possibly manage anything without having some measurements in place and so measure, measure to manage is the buzzword or buzzword expression for this coming season. So what is the challenge ahead that we're actually um, facing? The data I'm going to show you now is just um, a, a way of introducing I guess uh, the kind of levels of nitrogen that um, people are putting on this data comes from the uh, High Yielding Crops Project, a GIDC funded project which uh, I'm the national coordinator and we have what we call innovation groups that um, are based in five states in the high rainfall zone, high yielding areas of Australia. And uh, part of that project is to put paddocks, nominate paddocks into what we call the HYC awards which is a, an agronomy benchmarking. Uh, report that you get at the end of the year and there's, there's a number of people in the room who've um, got paddocks involved in that. So we look at a number of metrics from that project and make comparisons. One of the comparisons we're able to do from those paddocks of wheat is to look at the top 20% of the group and in 2020 they yield average 9.6 tonnes, 9.62 tonne a hectare and the remaining 80% yielded 7.37. If, if you uh, listen to the, to the um, presentation that was given um, over a year ago 
for this data, I actually went through a lot of the different metrics that we record and made those comparisons. But for the sake of the talk I'm going to do now, I'm going to use the data around nitrogen applications from those award packs in Victoria. So that top yielding group were utilising 192 units of nitrogen. That was about 20 kilos of nitrogen per tonne of yield, and they were doing that over 4.2 uh, applications during the season. As a comparison, uh, the lower yielding group at 7.37 tonne were putting 155 units of N on, a little bit more N per tonne of yield uh, because of the lower yield, even though they put this out, and slightly less applications. So all I'm using this data for now is just to say, okay, well, let's, let's pick a figure, and to be honest, it doesn't really matter where you're farming in Australia, what level of nitrogen you're putting out, the figures are scary, whichever uh, way you look at it, and you'll see that in a minute. But I'm, I'm going to base my uh, analysis of nitrogen data around that, uh, that top yielding group, so around 190 kilos of N per hectare for those top yielding um, pilots. Interestingly and importantly, uh, you need to have an appreciation of what your grain protein is. Grain protein is a fantastic uh, way of looking back at the previous season's nitrogen management. Um, now, this data is taken only from red wheat. The top yielding um, paddocks had an average of 10.5% protein. There was, however, a paddock in that top group which was only 8% protein, so actually, if you took that figure out as a bit of an outlier, they were at about 11.1, I think was the average. You should be aiming for around about 11% to say that your nitrogen management for the previous season has been optimal. And you can see that for the lower yielding group, their protein levels are slightly low. Now, that'll all make a bit more sense in a minute when I talk about the importance of understanding where your grain uh, protein six. I have to say these figures are also only for red wheat. Uh, there were uh, in the lower yielding group three paddocks uh, that had uh, two paddocks of Trojan and a paddock of Scepter. Their proteins were a little bit higher but they were aiming for uh, higher proteins to get into the quality APW bracket. So they're the figures we're going to uh, base the talk on. So I'm sure that probably in the past people haven't spent too much time really thinking about digging down in their, into their, when they're nitrogen budgeting about what their actual cost per kilogram of N is. So you can put your calculators away because I can tell you that approximately in 2021 you were paying about $1.20 for uh, a unit of nitrogen. So if we take the figures that I'm showing you here of 192, I've based it around 190, that means that your nitrogen budget spend, if you're putting 190 kilos of N on in 2021, was $230 a hectare. Anybody like to estimate where they think the 2022 cost per kilo is? $3. What does that mean? That means for putting exactly the same amount of nitrogen out as you did in 2021, 
it's costing you $570 a hectare. That is $340 a hectare more for doing nothing any different other than buying your fertilizer in 2022. Uh, and these figures are based on uh, urea being $1,400 a tonne. And I've only heard this morning that this price is uh, over $1,500 already. So uh, maybe, I don't know, some people probably would have bought early and if, if people top up later, this may end up where the average price was. But that is a horrific jump in price. So what does, what does that actually mean and what can you do about it? So to, to explain where I think you should be and what you should be thinking about, this is a, a diagram of, of a nitrogen response curve, um, which is fairly standard for the majority of crops. So you've got uh, yield on the vertical axis, nitrogen supply along the bottom, and you'll see in a minute that um, this, this, this uh, uh, x-axis is often shown as applied nitrogen, and, um, and, and normally that y-axis actually starts um, with some nitrogen already in the system, and I'll explain that a bit in a minute. So, what happens here is you put the first amount of nitrogen on, it's a there's a deficient amount of nitrogen in terms of optimising yield, you're well down the curve, but that little bit of nitrogen, that first amount you put on, you're getting a significant impact in terms of the yield gain from, the, from how vertical that, um, that line is on the chart. In the next phase, you're probably looking what I'm calling slightly below optimum, and when you're getting up to the top of the curve here, you're starting to get into that territory where the, the, the curve is starting to flatten out. So you're still getting a big impact on those dollars spent in terms of the nitrogen you're putting on, but it's slowing down a little bit in terms of that yield you're gaining. The next amount that you're putting on is what I'm calling the optimum level, and that's right on that shoulder of the curve uh, to the point where it just starts to go over a little bit. And then the remaining bit is what I would call excess supply. So you're not driving any more yield, you're actually wasting money other than there might be a little bit more left in the soil for the following crop, but you're actually not driving any more yield. If we then overlay that protein conversation I just had, and this is an important factor for you to consider where you think you currently might be sitting with your paddocks that are going into wheat for 2022, where you're sitting on that uh, response curve. And one of the ways you can do that, I mean, I guess going back to the days at SFS, the way those guys would do it is they would go and put a rate response trial out uh, in a trial plot, plot those points, get the response curve, and you'd see where the optimal response is. In a paddock situation, you don't have that luxury, but you can look back at where your uh, grain proteins were. And I wouldn't say look back at last year, you need to look back over a number of years and just think where your grain protein is over a number of years and then where you might sit on that response curve. Why is that important? So, so this is, this is a, the same kind of response curve, exactly the same again. Unlike the previous one, I've got applied fertilizer down here along the bottom axis. And the yield 
uh, on the vertical axis is actually, the line is actually not crossing at zero. It doesn't really matter what, this, what this, um, these numbers are up here, except to say that that's zero. So why isn't it starting at zero? Because you don't go into a paddock without, there's always some nitrogen supply that comes out of the soil. This is purely the response to applied nitrogen. So in every paddock situation, there will be a starting point based around what you currently have available in the soil. And that'll vary hugely, and that's a really important point to take on board, is where's your starting nitrogen in terms of uh, what's available to the crop of the soil. If you were to look at that curve, then this is all pretty obvious, but the very highest part of that curve is the maximum yield that's possible. That maximum yield sits at the top there, and that's for X amount of fertiliser that you're going to apply. But, but you're not making any money doing that, that's not the economic optimum. So I'm calling this point here the economic optimum for 2021. So this is, this is where your starting point would be for where you're going to make some decisions for 2022. If you, if you think, based on those um, protein figures, you're currently sitting, or were sitting in 2021 around that economic optimum, then if you move, if you moved that uh, point in 2022 slightly to the left, uh, which I'm suggesting with urea at $1,400 a ton, and you need to bring into account the value of the commodity that you're growing. I'm suggesting that you should potentially be considering lowering your optimum amount of nitrogen. So by moving slightly down uh, in terms of yield versus a fair way down in terms of nitrogen, you still save more dollars in the applied end cost than the reduction in the crop income. That's because in 2021 you started at the top of the you started on the shoulder of the curve and you only moved a short way down. In making that reduction. However, and really importantly, if your 2021 optimum was where the was this dot here, and you make the same reduction in fertilizer as 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 this person made, look at the difference in the yield drop. So, so this is to try and illustrate you need to understand where you think you sit on that response curve because there's a world of difference between making an adjustment between here and here, small drop in, in yield, to a significant drop in yield. And if you go even further down that slope, you're going to be into that world of even more uh, reduction. And because we're talking at such high prices, the, the risk of getting the decision wrong in that red zone gets even more severe as you go down that slope. So, one of the things you need to do to reiterate the point I made at the start is you need to measure what you've got in the paddock to be able to manage that. So the key messages that I want to make are that if there's ever a year, I've always been an advocate of deep end testing, but if there's ever been a year where you need to do deep end testing, it's this year. If you do not know what you're starting with in your paddock, I don't know how when you think about those figures that I put up earlier on, what was it, $340 a hectare increase just for staying still 
with the same level of margin. If you do not know what you're starting with, I don't know how you can possibly um, do any kind of budgeting at all. So the starting point is to definitely do a 0-30 deep end test. Do not do a 0-10 standard soil test and say that'll do, because that is not a realistic assessment of what is available to that crop early on in terms of nitrogen. It also gives you, and really importantly, and you'll see this data coming through from the other guys uh, who are going to present in a minute, but if your previous crop was, say, a crop of favourite beans, maybe a crop of canola that you put a fair amount of nitrogen on, you need to know what amount of starting nitrogen you've got, because one of the areas you can make that drop in, uh, in nitrogen applied that I talked about a minute ago is potentially in those scenarios maybe some of that upfront nitrogen that you might typically be putting out. You also need to decide on a realistic target yield and that really comes from understanding your paddock history and, and uh, what kind of yields have been possible in previous years. Actually, how falls the soil profile from a waterlogging point of view? So, we know in our soils in the Western District that if we have a wet summer and the, and the bucket or the soil profile, if you like, is starting to fill up, we only need to have an average winter and we're into waterlogging. And we saw that big, big time last year. And a lot of crops last year actually ended up with quite low protein because. Once the rain had gone, we'd lost a whole heap of that early end through denitrification from those wet conditions earlier on in the season. So seasonal forecast, whether we like it or not, it's a guide, but where, where you're sitting, all those things are, are about setting some kind of a realistic target. And then when you've, when you've taken all, the, all, all that information into, into your head and thought about what you're going to do, you should then be sitting with target yield, starting nitrogen situation, where, if I'm going to reduce my nitrogen, where do I sit on that response curve, and then calculate the amount of nitrogen you need. But really importantly, apply it at the time when you're going to get the best response. So if you had a completely open book, the best time, the most responsive time for a crop of wheat, barley, canola is at peak demand. Peak demand is just prior to stem extension. So you don't wait until stem extension because you need to have nitrogen available to the crop. The least effective time is that risk time once you get past say GS32 and definitely past GS39. The risk of getting a, a, a guaranteed return on your nitrogen then is at the highest. But it also is a time of the year when you can actually, if you've left a little bit until that time, you can actually respond to the way the season's going. So the best time is, is prior to stem extension, the least responsive time is that later timing, and then whether you go early with upfront end or tillering needs to be based around that deep end test so that you understand what you've got in the bank to start with. Do you actually need it? Crop only needs about um, 50 kilos of crop of wheat only needs about 50 kilos of end to get it as far as stem extension and then its demand is absolutely massive. So you actually don't need very much at that early stage. 
That's not to say, however, that there aren't appropriate instances where you do need something like if you've done a run of wheat and barley and you're following crops of canola uh, and you've got little nitrogen in the system, yes, a crop of canola could do with a little bit of help. But generally speaking, a lot of people are sowing earlier now, so actually when you're sowing early, you're sowing into hopefully moist soils, you've definitely got some warmth in those soils, so you're actually getting some free air now and mineralisation out of your organic matter at that time. So you're actually generating, so early sowing is actually helping crops become more robust and larger, uh, leading into that um, potential winter period. So, as I said before, just think about where you sit on that response curve in terms of that optimum rate and potentially, in the right scenario, consider reducing your total end. Um, and the economic optimum of fertiliser decreases as a ratio. It's really important to understand that there's a ratio between the grain value and the fertiliser. A lot of people look at the value of what they're paying for urea and go, oh, you know, what am I going to do? But it is actually is a really important relationship between where the urea price sits and where the, the commodity price sits. So a lot of the work that's based around um, optimum end applications and through the work we've done in HYC and work that's come out of Europe and, and New Zealand there's this sort of magic figure that if you're going to apply nitrogen, you really don't get much of a response above about 225 kilos of uh, N per hectare, 225 units. That work is based around typically the uh, ratio being around 4 to 1. So that's 4 kilos of grain needed to pay for one unit of N. So that's not one kilogram of urea, that's one unit of N, depending what. Um, products you're, you're using. That ratio is now currently moved to 9 to 1. So 9 kilos of, 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 so more than double the amount of grain needed to pay for the same amount of end. And in canola, it's been for many years around 1.5 to 2. It's now sitting around 4. So this is the really scary stuff, is actually when you look at it in, the, in this context. $340 a hectare was pretty bad. So, if you go back to 2021, if you raise $1,400 this season and it is going up still, to get the same kilograms of grain that you need to pay for one kilogram of urea in 2021. So, effectively, if you look back, the same situation we're in, we were in in 2021 and you look at it today, Has just stay the same with that ratio. Wheat needs to be 750 bucks a ton. And canola needs to be 1700. That was John Midwood, Tech Crop Services, at the SFS 2022 results morning. For more information, check out the description box or www.sfs.org.au. Don't forget to comment, like, and share this podcast. I'm Michelle McClure. Thanks for listening.